Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Creator Interviews Kickstarter Preview. My name is Zach, and I'm joined by the creator, Mark Braden. Braden, how are you doing? Good. Excellent. Uh, welcome. I guess, like, so you and I have a little bit of a history in that uh, this is the second project that we worked on together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was very happy with the way things went first round. So, I mean, um, something seems to work. Uh, you don't, don't, uh, don't change it. Well, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's a good, that's a good theory. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's see, what should we tell people about you right out the gate? If we're going to, what's, what's interesting about Mark, um, on day one? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people seem to think I've had a, a interesting life. I mean, I, I've definitely kind of been all over the place. Um, I originally uh, went to, uh, I originally had a book deal writing poetry. Nice. Uh, and um, I, I got scammed <laughs> by oh. my college. Uh, I, uh, I went to University of Tennessee as a writer and uh, I, uh, I, put all of it in a compilation and it turned out that I didn't read the fine print that they got all the rights to it. Mm. So that, you, you know, and so I, 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 you know, that's my early teen, late teens, early twenties. I thought, Oh, I could just whip out another book of, in no time. And, uh, just never, uh-huh. <laughs> never. college life and stuff uh didn't uh pan out that way. So I, I graduated, uh, college or, about to graduate they're like well you know you need to do you know take some teaching classes or something and i'm like well why And they're like well what else are you going to do with an english degree you know and i'm like i don't know be a writer i mean they're like well that doesn't pay anything until you (laughs) you know as many many people out there know Mm. and uh Yep. And so I, uh, so I was like, huh, I got to eat. And so I'd always worked in restaurants and stuff and I was a pretty good cook. So I decided I'd go to culinary school and get another couple of years of school out of the way to, to buy some time before I had to do anything for real. <laughs> Unfortunately, your, uh, your mm-hmm. English degree really, really helped out a lot. I'm sure in culinary. School. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, luck. Oh, yeah. Though I ended up being really talented at that, and um, it, it, I just kept getting hired for better and better jobs, and and it moving up, and and it was like, well, this is my path for now, yeah. you know. So um, I always wrote on the side. I always played some, you know, some D and D and some other, you know, games and stuff with you know various groups and friends through the years, and uh, so I always kept that kind of a, you know, as a side, you know passion or you know side thing um i did uh i dj'd in the united in the uh throughout the u.s like right at the beginning of like the big rave scene in the early 90s and uh uh, travel from like chicago to michigan to memphis to new orleans and play a bunch of warehouses that were illegally set up and stuff and uh that led to djing at a club for like a good five or six years i did that i met tons of people uh i used to since i had my i I double majored in english and music i play guitar too so i um i used to set up the live side we had a live side in the club in memphis where we did bands and stuff so either 
it was like one of the size venues where you either get the really like the up and coming bands that have had like one hit or like people on their way down, you know, like, you know, we were kind of that midpoint. So uh, I hung out with a lot of famous people. I mean, I got really drunk and went and found the best hamburger with Keanu Reeves once when he was uh, with his, there with his band, uh, Dark Star, when he yep. was playing bass. And uh, Amazing. me and him went out on the town. I got I got put in charge of uh, uh, when Public Enemy came. Uh, I got in charge of, like, taking them around town and, like, showing them everything. I was um, – I had a lot of friends in Memphis. So, I mean, I could go pretty much wherever I wanted and stuff. Uh I made uh, really good friends with uh, Trent Reznor at one point. I mean, for a while, I, uh, I he came after his uh, show there one night, and me and him ended up hanging out the whole night. And then uh, I ended up in New Orleans a few weeks later and got in touch with him. And then we hung out there. And then he invited me to when him and Bowie were playing uh, backstage in Texas. So wow, yeah. I mean, it was interesting time. I mean, it was it was it was fun. So. How so? How did how did a DJ slash chef um, slash writer, which is an amazing combination, <laughs> how did uh, that 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 attended uh, University of Tennessee and um, uh, you know was around Memphis? How did you transition to a globe trotter? Uh, I mean, I always like to travel, so I mean, I. I one thing that appealed to me about being a chef was the fact that you could go pretty much anywhere and find work. Yeah. Um, my original plan was to buy a crappy RV when I graduated culinary school and just drive around the United States and like cook at different restaurants for six, five, six months, uh -huh. and then travel to another city. But uh, I actually got a job that paid me to travel. Nice. So I uh, took that and did that for a few years. Um, and, uh, I was doing like, uh, PGA events and NASCAR events. And, uh, like I did a super bowl, I did Jeez. uh basketball, NBA basketball playoffs. I've done hockey playoffs. I've done most of the major college bowls. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, so with that company, I traveled for about two years doing that. Um, so I was in a different city literally every week, like we would, we would fly on Monday, work Tuesday through Sunday, fly on Monday. And then you just did that constantly. And um, so I saw a lot of the United States that way. And so that, that got my travel bug out. But then before that, I'd been to Europe a couple of times. And then um, uh, right before COVID happened, I mean, I had the opportunity to kind of um, go ahead and move over here to Europe permanently. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I we did that. So we moved to the Ukraine, as you know, and mm -hmm. um, uh, I taught uh, I ended up uh, hooking up with um, some uh, like a religious group, uh, like the churches and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was teaching orphans how to cook. I see. That's cool. And so I did that for, for quite a while. And then we ended up buying a little farm. And uh, I know at that point we were discussing different possibilities of what we were going to do and then that's when the war started and so now we're in romania wow geez that's yeah it'll be actually what's the date 
almost exactly one year ago. <laughs> I think, I think wow. tomorrow is, is one year. Oh my year. gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so all this cyclone of events and then, and then, uh, you know, you, you, you settle in, like you've, you've been traveling for years and all that. And then you settle into Ukraine and pretty much immediately have to, to uproot and, and bounce again over to another yeah, about two you know, years in, yeah. two years in. Yeah. So in the middle of all that, you weren't busy enough. And so you decided let's, let's also make some RPGs. Yeah, that came around. Um, well, I started, I actually, I was in Lviv in Ukraine mm -hmm. and um, I had an awesome game shop right down the street from where i lived i was just like walking by one day and i'm like is that travel i it was, think it was katan that i saw in the window and i mm. was like in some anime stuff and now they're big on like the uh manga and stuff mm -hmm. here like you, you every bookstore's got just a huge they huh. still have bookstores first of all yeah amazon hasn't put them out of business yet <laughs> and so uh uh they uh they uh so i thought it was that kind of thing at first and then i went in and it was all role-playing games and um they had miniatures they had you know all of it in english and mm. stuff and so i started talking to the the people and they were like well we're not allowing in-person games yet you know right now mm -hmm. but um you know we've got a you know we've got an online um community and I was like, oh, so they gave me the the Telegram account and stuff. And so I joined and then um, I ended up putting together. I had already started considering the idea of putting together a, a, a Ukrainian book of folklore because I, I realized that I found this series of children's books, but they're they're not quite children's books. I mean, they're like, you know, thick. I mean, they're like yeah. little like bible size books but they all have these beautiful like illustrations in them and it's like every like fantasy creature from all of their folklore mm -hmm. and i started looking through and I, I thought i had a pretty good knowledge of mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff as it was but then um i started realizing that when you get over here each country has like you know their own real versions of of a vampire of a werewolf there of a you know of these things and then all these other creatures that just and, and stuff that just do not get used and stuff and especially with ukrainian folklore i started really studying it and stuff and uh and then my wife would read most of this to me like at bedtime we would have like story time and she mm. would read the books to me and stuff because they're all in ukrainian you know uh -huh. and um so I was like, man, this is make an awesome game. And like their 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 like creation myth is just amazing when you really get into it. It's like they weren't even from Earth. They're from another planet. And then they got they had to leave, you know, and then they got put here. And then they came from there used to be forests up where Antarctica used to be or whatever. And then they made their way to the Ukrainian area. Mm. And, um, so I was like, so there was all, and then in their stories, there was all these, like, even, I mean, you know, you're talking about pre-Christian stories, you know, and stuff, mythology. And there's mention of 
like the heroes flying to other planets to get a weapon or a, a magic spell or something to defeat the evil, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, what? why is none of this ever, I've ne- you know, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, I've never seen any of this, you know? So I started writing a campaign for, I, I started a group and we started playing old school essentials as the base. Cause I thought it was the easiest one to kind of, they all played, um, like fifth edition, but I kind of wanted to do something different. So mm-hmm. I, I got them to play old school essentials. And so that's, and then I've met this uh, young lady that was a really good artist and stuff from there. And um, so I ended up uh, releasing the first three of my series, my domain of Miru series, which is uh, basically based off all of those myths and monsters and stuff like that. And I did all those through uh, old school essentials and, I hate it because I've got the fourth book, all the art for it. I think I mentioned to you uh-huh. the other day. <laughs> and, and all my, I realized all my notes and all of my stuff is in Ukraine in oh. my house there. And so right now that's on pause because I don't want to disrespect the yeah. the war and the, you know, and all this. I mean, I spent hours and hours and hours of study time. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, that led to been playing with them. They were like, could you make it even simpler? Like they wanted, like I, I, there was a couple of people in the group that were, you know, like, Oh, you know, it'd be great if we could do this with this. And if we could do that, and it all had to do with like spells and stuff like that. And I had always been, I'd been tinkering with a system for a while, a magic system to replace the one in five E and with, and stuff and old school essentials to a little bit more free form version. And, um, so then that's sort of when I decided, well, why not just make all the mechanics, right? you know, fit together. And so I put up together, we play tested it actually with a, uh, which I don't even think you've seen yet. Honestly, the first version of it was a, a space setting. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I play tested it with that and, um, then put that together and I was like, okay. Then I decided, well, it'd be easier to just do the rule book itself and then I could grow it. And then hopefully other people would like the rules and, you know, you know, it's completely creative commons, you know, anybody can make whatever they want with it. So, you know, I'm you know hoping at some point people will, uh, you know, create their own settings, create, you know, do their own hacks of it and stuff like that. So, yeah. So we, uh, we, we we did a project you did a project last year where we did the core book which is called misadventure games and that's the like genre neutral uh, 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 rule guide and then along with that uh, you you had ready the fantasy compendium right which is kind of all the extra rules or little tidbits and a setting and all that for um, for people who want to play a fantasy like sword and sorcery sort of a game and then uh, this new Kickstarter is another genre follow-up, right? So same core rulebook, but now you have the horror compendium uh, available. And again, it has more character options that are horror-themed and more rules and monsters and everything that are all to kind of, you know, here's all the extra tidbits that make this game work as a horror as a horror session. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, 
so you've been working on this. Am I right in also thinking that you've done some work for, is it Adventure a Week and a few things, just some additional? I did. I, I worked for, yeah, I did do some of their mini adventures for a while. I did, a, a, I think, six of those for them. And then I did, um, I, I used to work, I used to, I did a few adventures that aren't available anymore for an old company called D3 Adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, they were the first ones to give me a break, uh, and stuff. And, um, I did a few adventures for them. Um, and then I did a whole bunch of stuff for this other company that's supposed to be releasing it. (laughs) I got an update from them the other day saying that they were putting it all together and laying it out and stuff. So cool. It's been in the works for a while. Nice. Um, that done a little bit of ghost writing for some people that, you know, that, you know, you sign. contracts for f and yeah (laughs) you don't get to take credit for but you know yeah um that kind of thing and then um uh, you know i i mean so i you know i've done you know quite a bit of that you know of of little other stuff you know things like that um just to help build you know get back into it once i decided i wanted to start writing again yeah um thought it was a good place to start absolutely you you um you touched on this but misadventure games it's it's a it's a it's a 2d6 system very rules light very very much um uh you know kind of allows room for role play and spur of the moment inspiration and things like that at the table um what other things do you really feel like um come through as as unique features or cool features for the for the misadventure system with your points, you really only have enough points at, at to build a character. And then you have what's, sorry, then you have what's called the foci. And mm-hmm. so the foci are kind of like your special abilities, like, mm-hmm. but you can only use them a limited amount of times. And they really are meant to, in a 2D6 system with, with the, with the spread, mm-hmm. you know, plus one can be huge, you know, yeah. like, a, 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 you know, plus one or plus two can be a huge boon. And it really makes it more a little bit more cinematic because, like, if you're a fighter, let's go going back to say like the mighty, mm-hmm. and you pick this, you know, one of the weapons. Usually in the book, we recommend that each person, the max with points, you could get. You can only have three foci mm-hmm. at, at, at max in it anyway, and they're cheapest when you start your character. Mm-hmm. So if you start your character at first level, you know, and with build. It's best to spend six points and get all three of those at the beginning. But you can only use them once per like 24 hours on how what level that foci is. And it can only go up to three. So at max, you would ever only be able to use something three oh, times. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I like about them, though, is that that bonus really does in gameplay, especially really does. Um, kind of like what exploding dice would do. It gives you a moment that of uh, that big moment, like you know, the mighty is you know the 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 party is down and you know, and then there's your warrior. He's got one last breath in him, and he's like, oh, I'm going to use my main attack, you know, and mm-hmm. he rolls it, and he gets that bonus, and then he, it, you know, and then it it ends up being a critical hit, and then you know, and then next thing you know, he's killed the bad guy, you know, in a in a you know you know, in a, in a, you know, magical moment for the party, you know, and he saved everybody. And, um, so I like that sort of, um, uh, 
you know, kind of thing that you can, you know, they're not meant, they're not kind of like, like 5e to me took, took it too far, you know, like you could just use your abilities over and over and they were just so overpowering. These mm-hmm. are like just enough that, that they get you over, you know, that moment when Conan, you know, like yeah. <laughs> comes yeah. up and kills the God with, you know, one moment, you know, one mighty, you know, yeah. thrust, you know, and stuff. So um, I think that that makes the characters fun and it makes them unique because each one, each book has enough foci that you're not going to run into two warriors with really the same build, you know? So it, it's not so, they're not so cookie cutter, you know, everybody's going to have a little bit of a different flavor. And then um, the magic is the same way. Like there's, there is no spell list. Well, I love, so what I love about this and, and, and just kind of like tying it back, bringing it back around. Like one of the things that I really like about this is obviously the system is designed for people who want to, have those cool moments, right? Every every piece of the system is designed for allowing characters to, you know, it's very simple and it allows surprise and surprising moments, exciting moments on both the player side and the DM side by not getting into the weeds, except where getting into the weeds allows you to surprise people, right? Um, and I think that's very cool. And um, I think people who check this out who look at the system will find that um you know it 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 feels very osr it feels very uh you know rules light traditional you know retro gaming sort of a thing but it it's doing just enough things different to where i think you're going to find some meaty things to latch on to um that their specific style mark specific style of meatiness and and detail Maybe exactly what your game table is looking for, just like his. Um, um, I think that there's, there's. This is not just a. Oh, here's here's a quick little like hack of the of the five E rules, or the here's a quick hack of the AD and D rules that that has a couple little tweaks to it. Um, there, it it's got unique ideas and it's doing some really cool things with them. Um, I really like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, you know, everybody can look and see what they think about it um, for themselves. But for me, um, I really enjoy seeing Mark, you seeing your mind at work, Mark, in the, in the rules and mechanics and what you choose to focus on. So it's exciting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping, yeah, some of the, some of the upcoming stuff will be a little bit different. You know, I think now that we've got some of the basics out of the way, Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've strayed away from world building or settings and, and stuff, but they've got some weirdness coming up, you know, after this that yeah, uh, should be good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we should probably call it for this time. Folks, go back. Um, Misadventure Games, the horror compendium. You can also pick up the core book and the fantasy book while you're at it over on Kickstarter. Mark, you've already funded, so you're making the books. It's just a matter of uh, people getting on board at a good price and uh, getting them first out the gate. These are also, I'll go ahead and tell people, it's Zine Quest. They they definitely feel like a zine, but these are A4 sized, so they're they're massive zines. And you got you 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 got uh, ahead of yourself, so to speak. And uh, this horror compendium is it's like 72 pages so <laughs> it's oversized in every in every stretch of the word so um 
definitely worth checking out and and I think definitely worth uh, the investment. Mark, thanks for uh, thanks for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as well. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, folks, and I guess we'll see you next time.